0: All right, good to see everybody today. Man, is it not a beautiful day? Is, is, is it March, April maybe, or no? We're still in February, uh, well, and we're in Kansas, right? So you know what to expect or not to expect or be surprised by is kind of the way it is. So uh, the, the turning and, and maybe another, we might have another foot of snow, who knows? You know, that's, that's where we are. I'll, I'm supposed to sh- <laughs> Well, anyway, since when does? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I want to get started this morning. We're, we're in the book of Acts, that walking through. If you haven't been with us, we're, we're going through a series called Taking Root. So we've been, uh, for, for quite a while, going through the book of Acts. We're in chapter 18. And if uh, if you don't have a Bible, there's those blue Bibles in ahead of you, and you might want to open that up to Acts chapter 18. Have that right there, so you could kind of follow along, see where we are. Um, we also encourage you that if you don't have a Bible, take that blue one home. Uh, we're we're losing them, so we're going to have to order some more. And so I'm really I'm really pleased about that. So uh, we love to make those available. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to have it, and. And if you want to know where to read, if that's something new to you, we'd love to give you kind of some ideas of where you could start. Uh, Maybe in those Gospels, singing about Blessed Assurance, what we have in Christ. Uh, We have this opportunity on Sunday to gather together and celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Him as our Savior and and, uh, uh, it's it's just glorious. Uh, Acts chapter 18 is where we are. We're going to look at the first 11 verses, and I'll read that in just a moment. There's a couple of details I want to take care of before we do that. First of all, to, to kind of draw your attention to my title, church planting. Church planting. Many of you are familiar with what church planting is. It's actually going to an area. Well, Paul's been doing it, right? All Throughout Acts, especially when Paul came up and he's going on these journeys, he has been planting churches all along. Here we are. Uh, Well into the second missionary journey, and and so finally, I've identified one of these uh, identified my sermon during one of these travels as church planning. But like I say, Paul's been doing it all along. He's done it through Iconium, Lystra, Derby. uh, Let me see, uh, Antioch uh, of Pisidia. He's gone through Thessalonica, Philippi, Berea. Last week it was Athens. So all these all these cities he goes in. And, and specifically, it's, it's what he was simply called to do, is to go declare Christ, that gospel message. And so he would declare that message, and, and there would be those who received him, opposition would rise, and, and he would have to leave. Uh, the reason I'm finally identifying church planting, specifically, in, it, it's because of this city, Corinth, he's entering into. He's about to enter into Corinth, and it's at Corinth that Paul is going to spend a year and a half. We're going to see that as we read these 11 verses. He's going to spend uh, the, the longest amount of time that with, with Corinth than he has any other city throughout his first journey and up to this point in his second journey. All the other cities have been, you know, he's had to leave abruptly or, or has spent uh, maybe weeks, maybe months but uh, now he's going to spend up to 18 months in, in one location. And, and in the passage, as you read, we're going to see a lot of activity going on. So let's, uh, first, and the second item I needed to go is, let me introduce you to the city of Corinth. Mike, that, that map? Oh, you're on it. Thanks, bud. Uh, a little different map this time. Uh, I, I want to talk somewhat about Corinth. Uh, Athens, oh, oops, Athens is where... Uh, Uh, Paul was last week, if you remember, it was that place where, uh, oh let's see, Paul was actually by himself, we'll talk about that here a little bit, but he was by himself, he was waiting and all this idolatry was going on, uh, worshipping other gods, Uh, Paul had the opportunity, he went into the synagogue there and they began to talk in the marketplace, he was stressed because of all the idols, And then the the guys from the Areopagus, these are the brightest of the bright. The council of the Athenians were there uh, with all the philosophers, and they wanted to hear more about what Paul was saying. It's something they hadn't heard before. They called him a babbler. But Paul had the opportunity to to then uh, tell them about the God that was unknown to them. Actually, they had identified the altar to the unknown God. And Paul says, I want to tell you about that God you don't know creator of all things. It was, it was pretty cool uh, to, to look through there. If you didn't get a chance to, it's in Acts chapter 17. Here in 18, he makes this trek from Athens uh, over, it's like a 50 mile uh, to the west to, to Corinth. I want you to notice uh, uh, that that's, this whole territory right here is Achaia. This part of Achaia is a peninsula. Uh, yeah, peninsula. Uh, that's that's attached by this isthmus. I, I did geogra- geographical remembering all these things. So I had to ask Linda, do you know what an isthmus is? And she says, I do. And I felt real stupid. But anyway, <laughs> I, I've heard of an isthmus before. But of course, it's a land bridge between, it's like three and a half miles apart. But on this side of the, the southern part of Achaia, uh, in this peninsula here, uh Peloponnese is, is kind of like the identification of this area. Corinth is right there. And it, it, it was a significant city. Lots of people in this area. It was a capital city of the province of Achaia. The capital city. Uh, the, the estimates of, of population around that time, or the time when, when Paul uh, is entering into Corinth, we're talking like uh, near, near three quarters of a million people. That, that's free and slave together, uh, all populating this this area. Of Corinth. It was it was a city where a lot of commerce was going on. There's three harbors. There's one on the west side uh, towards Delphi there, and and then on the on the east side towards Athens. There's two other ports. So a lot of commerce was coming in and out of out of uh, Corinth. So it was it was a city full of that kind of activity, and it, and therefore you know what's said about Corinth is that it was wealthy. There was a lot of wealth, a lot of luxury, and lots of immorality. If you're familiar with the book of 1 Corinthians, which is written later, uh, you you know that Paul uh, identified some of the problems they were having and it dealt with immorality so so just awareness we're we're going to talk more about the beginnings think mike that's that's all we need there uh some other things about corinth is is the fact that it of course had had idols that were worshiped as well one of those was poseidon which isn't a surprise you know he's the god over the sea and and so there you have ships coming in and out uh that that makes sense uh one of those idols or the temples that was created there in Corinth that received the greatest devotion, though, was to the goddess Aphrodite. Are you familiar with her? She is the goddess of love. That goddess of love, uh, there, there were, within that temple, there was more than a thousand, uh, a thousand priests and priestesses. And, and they were basically prostitutes. That was part of their sacred rituals was to have sexual relations uh, in that. Again, it was a city full of immorality. Uh, this, is, this is Corinth where Paul is entering. Uh, here, here, let's pick up and, and read uh, chapter 18. Uh, Beginning verse 1, we're going to read all all 11 verses, and then we'll take that time to kind of walk through it. And there's some points that I'd like to share with you today. Beginning verse 1, it says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome. And he went to see them. And because he was of the same trade, he stayed with him and worked, for they were tent makers by trade. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. We know that, that Paul was sent out on these missions. a matter of fact, other apostles as well, Barnabas, uh, Silas, uh, had, had joined Paul. But, but the mission was to deliver the gospel message. Uh, go back to Acts 1 verse 8, right? And it began in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's the activity we continue to see throughout this book of Acts. And Paul continues doing that. And as he goes through these cities, he is leaving these churches behind. Church basically is this, a gathering of believers. That's what we are this morning. We call ourselves the church, not because of the structure, but because we came together to worship, right? We came to focus our attention upon God, to worship, and to celebrate Jesus and what he's done for us. That's us. And and what God has given us to do is to grow the church. And in the overall a uh, theme I put down: God has given us the task of growing the church, planting, growing the church. This morning, as I went through this and I studied throughout the week, uh, again that that thought of what Paul's activity and 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 what's going on in these verses, that that planting churches came to mind. And I, and I saw some specific advantages that I want to go back through this passage and, and share with you these advantages. These are advantages that you and I also have as we're about this process or, or this task of, of completing what God has given us to do. Growing the church, building, and, and, and uh, watching it move forward. The first, the first advantage is this, is that we work together. That's that's what I see happening with Paul. Paul is not doing it alone. The significance of that I especially see because in Athens Paul was alone. <laughs> Paul was alone. He he had no one with him. I remember, he was waiting for uh, his his team Timothy and uh, Timothy and Silas to come and join him. But all I, I can't imagine the weight of that uh, of having to to speak to these people who were. Very highly uh, trained and and taught, and they were intellectuals, philosophers. But Paul did well to stand before them. But the weight of that, the weight of that, especially when you think about what he said in First Corinthians chapter two, verses one through three. It's here that Paul addresses, this is how I came to you. Let me me begin in verse 1. He says, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech and wisdom. That might have had something to do because all those people spoke with lofty speech and wisdom. Now he's in Corinth. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. His focus was going to be upon the gospel. Then he says this sentence. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. always saw Paul as this strong individual, haven't you? A strong, bold individual who's going into places, preaching the gospel, declaring uh, you know, boldly uh, about the Savior who's come, who died upon the cross and rose again. We've seen him all along, but now... To the Corinthians, uh, uh, t- he's written to the Corinthians, here's how I come to you. Luke doesn't recognize that. He just says he showed up in Corinth. He doesn't go through all these emotions. But Paul says, I came with weakness, fear, and trembling. Maybe in part because he was alone in Athens. Uh, and, and then he enters into a city like Corinth. Like like 700,000 people. The, the masses... Uh, one individual going in there to preach the gospel might feel just a little overwhelmed, right? In verses 1 through 4 of our text today, we're, we're introduced to Aquila and Priscilla. And, and we don't see a lot about them, although they're talked about in other places. We know that they're believers. And, and so you kind of wonder, how did, these, how did Paul find Aquila and Priscilla? We really don't know. We, we don't know. Somehow they connected and there are two areas where they would connect connected. They were, they were people of faith, right? They, they were believers in Jesus, Jews who were believers in Jesus, but they were also, number two, tent makers. They, they shared that in common with, with Paul. Paul, uh, matter of fact, from where he was from, there was, there was, was actually a popular place where tents were made, and over in uh, the, the area of Cilicia, uh, where Paul originated. And, and so uh, when they came, maybe that was their connection, brought them together. And, and uh, so, matter of fact, in the scripture it says that Aquila and Priscilla, it, it kind of lets us know that they had not been in, in Corinth very long either. They had been there maybe a little time before. The, uh, uh, the situation that took place was um, a... a what do you say, tossing out of the Jews out of Rome. Claudius forced all Jews to leave Rome. Is basically all we get from the passage. We go into historical records, and that action actually took place in 49 and 50 A.D. That kind of helps us kind of identify when Paul was in Rome because Priscilla and, uh, and Aquila were in Corinth about that same time, 49 and 50 A.D., the reason that they were tossed out again, historical record says, that it was from riots caused by a, gang, a guy named Christus, Christus, at C R E S T U S, and that's transposed out of the Greek. But uh, there are those theologians who believe that that it was either misspelled or misinterpreted or something, and that it was it, it was actually a revolt between Jews or, or riots between Jews and Christians. Who, who were, you know, having difficulties over Christ. That's just a possibility. Anyway, we do know that they were forced, these Jews, Priscilla and Aquila, were forced out of Rome, and now they were in this city of Corinth as well. And then, and then Paul shows up, they make their connection, and they begin helping each other out. Paul was able to stay with them, and he was able to work for his keep uh, during the week, and, and then on the Sabbath day, he would, he would go into the synagogue and begin to reason with the Jews about Jesus, as we've seen him do time and time again. That, that term tent maker, have you ever heard it used? I've heard it used many times for people today who, who are doing ministry and yet have either part-time or a full-time job else, elsewhere. I've known a... a, a pl- a church planter or two that in the very beginning would would have a job and then begin to establish a, a congregation, whether in his home or or in another location and and churches have been planted that way. so so Paul was actually a part-timer in the beginnings of Corinth until verse five. verse five, uh, his team finally shows up, Timothy and Silas, right? Uh, they show up, and along with them comes support from from many of the new churches that have started. We we know specifically that was Philippi, the the believers in Philippi. Philippians chapter four talks about how Paul is just appreciative of the gift they've given. Not not just because of the gift uh, was was good for him, but it was good for them to be giving and contributing. You know, that's their part of working in the kingdom was giving. Uh, To Paul's ministry and and their support that they brought enabled Paul to focus more in 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 that idea of ministry the idea of continuing to 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 spread the gospel message man we need each other Paul Corinth was a different situation than it was in Athens and and there had to be uh, some feeling of encouragement and and maybe even some strength as he originally entered Corinth and it's because of other people. We don't do this alone. We don't do this alone. Paul shouldn't have been doing it alone in Athens. But Paul here had a team around him. Uh, it, it's interesting going to the first, uh, first Corinthians. That first letter. Uh, this, because this idea of us doing together is so valuable. Uh, the idea that we are, we are connected to Christ. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are also connected. Uh, connected in the task that we have the call of taking the gospel out uh in, into uh, uh the areas where we are and into the world uh, that's something that we definitely do together In in early part of first corinthians uh they were they were uh, uh scolded i guess you might or disciplined because they were there were divisions amongst them Paul was correcting them because of divisions that were being created because they were choosing, you know, they were bragging about people that they're following after. Well, I'm following after Paul. And one says, well, I'm following after after Apollos or Crispus, or or I'm following after Christ. And and Paul said, no, we're not divided. And, And matter of fact, we are all one through Jesus Christ. And so he emphasized that with him. Later on in chapter 12, over the topic of the gifts that they're given, there there was a lesson in there, but it it was purposeful because they needed to hear that, hey, and and use the example of you are all one body. And and every every one of us has a different function working in that body. And it is to the benefit of... Of the body of of Christ called the body of Christ, we're all connected to that one body, and that one body has this great purpose of seeking and saving the lost. So in part, that body uh, strengthens and works uh, together for the purpose of of growing and maturing as a body. It also has that purpose of of fulfilling what God has called us to do to reach the world around us. I, I think about the the basic, Purpose that we've laid out, that the, the, the idea that we exist to foster the family of God. That's our identity. We're here to foster the family of God. We've really focused in the past couple of years of that fostering has something to do with, with growing each one of us, bringing us into maturity. We've been very much involved in discipleship. Many of you have been a part of that. Uh, been committed to different groups and, and growing in that. and I'm, I'm really excited because we've seen fruit being produced because of that. Uh, but another part of the fostering is, is this fact that we're, as a family, as a, a family of believers, we have room for more. You know that idea of foster care or that, that we have more room for others to come in to come in and know Jesus. And to, to be added to the body and to grow along with us, right? So it's not just within here, we're gonna grow and that's what we're doing here. There's that outward look, and, and the fact is, we do this together. One other thing when it comes together, uh, so over the past few years, we've been doing more and more, not because it's not just this body of believers that's responsible for Junction City, and, and it's not just us. Are you surprised? there's highland baptist church right across the street there's uh there's flint hills church there's legacies church there's jc naz and 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 there's there's living word church and 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 there's new a number of churches that we are more and more working together those who identify together that gospel of jesus christ and and we've been doing some some wonderful things I, I believe this is one of the steps in, in taking it outside the church and learning to work with brothers and sisters who have the same purpose that we all have. This is an area that that I hope to grow in. Uh, already we we close our doors uh, around that, that Freedom Fest, which is close to July 4th, and we go worship in the park, and we do it together. A number of churches meet together, and, and many of you have had a part of doing that. Uh, we've We've had the opportunity with... Five, three or four other churches um, and, and we've gone into the community service Sunday the end of September we're going to do it again this year uh, and, and just close our doors on that Sunday and go out and minister to the community those who are needing the community a great opportunity for us to go and, and share Christ with our community by serving our community. VBS. We don't do a VBS on our own. We've had four or five churches together, joining together, and, and man, that's been great. That's been great. And, and fellowshipping with other congregations, but also bringing a number of kids together for that. I, th- I believe this idea of evangelizing or winning the community we have a better chance of reaching the entire community when we do it together. Right? Last year we, we took uh, evangelistic materials and delivered, delivered them all over town. So that was, that was excellent. Again, we do this together. We don't do this alone. We don't do this alone. I don't do this alone. You don't do it. We do it as the body of Christ. And, and, and Paul saw the advantage of, of having a team with him in the very beginning. A second advantage that I see Paul doing, and we've talked about this before, but, but we could think, we could think, isn't that great? We could think, we could sit down, plan, plot, we could do it strategically. We could, we could see where and, and, and how we could, could, could take that message out. kind of consider what the needs are in a community, things like that. Paul's strategy, we've seen this. When you go into a city that that no one's ever heard about Jesus, what do you do? And you don't know. I don't have relatives or anything. I'm going into a city. Paul uh, continuously went into the synagogue first. And the thing that we've learned as we've gone along the way is Jews aren't the only people in those synagogues. There's Jews and there's God-fearing Gentiles as well, men and women. And so Paul, when he begins converting people, there's Jews, there's Gentiles, uh, Greeks, men and women both are, are coming to know Jesus just from his approach in the synagogue. And then it, then it takes out, it, it's spread elsewhere. Um, listen, when it comes to church today, our strategy cannot be, be the field of dreams, you know what I mean? The field of dreams is this, you build it and they will come. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been in church a long time, but it seems like, it, it's, it's quite possible many of us had the idea that, hey, we'll build a building and the people will come to us. But I, I don't think that's the best strategy, you know what I mean? I, I, I do believe the best strategy is to begin thinking, how do we take the gospel into the workplace, or, or into the school, or, or into, uh, into our neighborhoods? and begin doing a little dreaming some some uh, brainstorming and thinking about how we could take that gospel do it together individually we could do that well how am i going to reach my neighborhood what can i do and begin thinking and praying I love the fact that many of you are praying for your neighbors. Are you praying praying for those where you work? Uh, that's that's the great place to start. But then putting it on paper. Okay, how how can I do this? What are some things I could do to to reach out uh, in, into my community? I, I love. Uh, the strategy of some of those who are planting churches. It's been closer to me uh, than it has, you know, over, over the years because of my, you know, my boys Travis and Brady started one. Many of you are, are familiar with that as well uh, the church in, in uh, Wichita, the, the district church. Um, it was just fun watching the strategy that, that took place before the church even began to meet. They began asking questions as, What is it this part of the community needs? Uh, familiar with uh, a church, Revived Church in Kansas City, did this. Uh, Epic Church in Wichita, another, another church that Travis actually went to these guys and, and, and got some directing when it came to researching. Uh, they began to go into the community uh, uh, around that Delano district and asking, you know, who are the families, who are the people that live in this area? A lot of it, single parents. And, and those not of high income. And, and so what they determined is they began with the elementary school and ministering there. They provided some tutoring for, uh, for a number of the, the kids who were in need. Uh, and, and I think they still do that. They still do that for Franklin Elementary. Uh, they, they branched out from there and began to look at other areas of need for the community. They even adopted the motto, In and for Delano. They painted it on the side of their older building. And, and so they, they had this outreach mind from the get-go. We're an established church. Here's, here's what happens or can happen with an established church. That you begin being so focused upon your programs and your activity, your VBS, your Sunday school, your, your Wednesday nights, that, that it is all inward. You know what I'm saying? And and we lose the strategy, we lose the vision that we're called to go out. You know what I mean? So this idea of thinking and and planning could absolutely uh, just bring life back to a church when it begins to look inwardly. We can't go with that idea that, you know, it's build it and they will come. That's not why we built the building. It is to go out from this building and take that gospel message Elsewhere, there are some things that i 'm very excited about that I know that 's happening right now there 's ministry if you didn 't know it happening over at Eisenhower, maybe you heard the announcements last year, we helped them with their fall uh, festival around around Halloween actually it was. And, and some of our families got together to help them in that night. Uh, there, there's also some things Matthew just did this week taking, um, I, I think, some treats over for the, the teachers over there. Uh, high school, I know there's some individuals who have done some things in outreach to the high school. And, and some of you have done some things concerning neighborhoods. So we're thinking that way. And we're growing that way. And, and we need to continue to, to think outwardly, not just inwardly. Not just about us growing and 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 becoming uh god's church because God's church is definitely welcoming and the doors are open you need to keep that in mind. the third advantage is that that idea of being adaptable adaptable we must be able to adapt you know as, as you look at your strategy and you move you have to be able to 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 shift and 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 make some changes. Paul did that, about every every city. He started in the synagogue and then looked for what's happening. You know, again, so many times he was just tossed out of the city, so it didn't get much further. But in Corinth, here's what happened. Opposition was raised uh, uh, against, uh, uh, against Paul from the Jews, just like many other places. They they didn't want to hear this message of Jesus. Uh, he was causing difficulty. He was actually, say, you know, some of the Jews and, and many of the Gentiles who were there in the synagogue, he's pulling away with this message of Christ, so they were angry. And in verse 6, uh, it says they, they, they opposed him and they reviled him. And Paul, in response, shook his garment out, uh, just, just kind of showing, I'm done with you. And, and uh, he also said, "Your blood be upon your heads. your blood be upon your heads. That's actually a reference that they would have recognized from ezekiel thirty three uh, it, It's a story in verse seven verses, if you want to look it up, uh, where where uh, in the community there, there was a call for a watchman, and, and the watchman was responsible you know to, to to scout out, to be on the wall and look out and, and see if there's trouble coming the watchman's responsibility then was if he saw trouble coming to to let the community know hey there's danger ahead and if they didn't respond if they didn't listen and they just went about uh, their merry way then their blood be upon their heads Paul had a message that was very significant of salvation for them and if, if these Jews who then decided to oppose him rejected that only message, then the blood is upon their own heads. They've been warned. They've been warned. So Paul left that situation, and then what did he do? He continued his, mess, his, his ministry to the Gentiles in all Corinth. He, and In verse 7, it, it points it out. And, and with that ministry, there were resources that, that came up. In verse 7, it says that he met a man named uh, Titius Justus. And, and, and there he, here's a man who came to believe and he was part of this new church and his home was located right next to the synagogue. And, and, and so Titius Justice not only came uh, as a new believer, he also presented his, his home as a resource. We're going to start meeting in, in Titius' home. We're going to start meeting there. And instead of the synagogue, we've got a place to meet. So uh, the church began to meet in his home. And in the next verse, Crispus, who was actually the ruler of the synagogue, said that he came to believe and was baptized along with his whole uh, household. And and so the church began, and they began to meet there in in that household next to synagogue. Paul made adjustments. Paul Uh, Basically, it was, I'm going to the place where people are going to listen. That's the adjustment Paul makes. Those who have rejected, those who have turned off and and turned their backs on the gospel, there's a time when we just continue on. Who else needs to hear? Who is going to listen? And Paul made that adjustment. We have to be ready to do the same. Be able to move and give attention to those who are ready to listen. There are people in our community, there are people in our community who've heard a lot about the gospel message. And matter of fact, they've told me they're tired of it, <laughs> some of them. There are those who are ready to hear, ready to talk and have those conversations. Where are they? That's the direction that, that we need to go in. That's the direction we need to go in, be ready to, to share that uh, gospel message with. There's one other area, it's it's this idea of encouragement. I I just see it taking place here in the the passage. It's about seeking encouragement. There's definitely encouragement comes with the converts, right? Every new person in faith is is a reason for excitement. For the reason, because God is working. Not because you're doing a great job, it's because God is working upon hearts. It's evidence of, of God moving and working when we see someone who, who begins to put their trust in Jesus and receives him. It is, it is his work that's being done. So that's an encouragement. Paul also uh, received a, a vision from God. And here's what God said. Uh, it's, it's in that verse 8 um, that, that uh, God sent this vision. Uh, and he said, uh, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. That was encouraging to hear. That was very encouraging to hear uh, from the Lord. You know, we talked about here last last month of giving our attention to God. I heard a good response to that. We did some prayer and fasting for, for the three weeks. And, and the truth is, man, I am excited about some of the things. Matter of fact, have put into practice some of the very things I set aside, I'm trying to do that more often because I believe my attention was better given to God in that time. We need to do that. I think encouragement comes when we're not so wrapped up in the other things of life and we are giving attention to God. And Paul heard from God. Um, The one other thing here, i I just share this. You could read 12 through 17 a little bit later. But the Jews did respond. They were angry about Paul, wanted to get him out of town. So they did the very thing that, that they did in Berea and, and Thessalonica just recently. They, they grabbed Paul and took him to the uh, proconsul there in town. You know, the, the, the legal authority uh, over, over all of, of Corinth and in that territory. And, and so when they brought him before them, they, they spilled out as they did before. You know, he's a troublemaker. You know, he's bringing up about, they're bringing up a, uh, another king, uh, talking about another king. Of course, they're talking about Jesus and his kingdom isn't of this world. Uh, but that didn't matter. They bent and, and, and turned their, their words in different ways. Uh, and so they made, laid out their accusations and, and Paul there was ready to do as he'd done before, to defend himself, you know, to, to be able to, you know, tell him about Jesus and things like that. But, but uh, Gallio is the pro and he spoke up before Paul had a chance to. Basically said, if it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have questions about words and names and your own law. See to it yourselves. I refuse to be a judge over these things. Uh, that's an amazing statement coming from an authority in such a large city. This actually sets a precedent for other provinces of Rome throughout. Uh, And and so actually in this, Paul's preaching could could not be interrupted as an offense um, against Roman law. That precedent has been set. And and the Jews could no longer uh, use Rome to, to try to silence Paul. And so there was a sense of freedom. No wonder he had the opportunity to spend a year and a half there. Longer. He wasn't tossed out of Corinth. And he was able to continue to, to build and spend time with this church in Corinth. It, 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 so those are the three encouragements. You know, it, it was watching uh, God work in brand new converts. God's message to him. And, and also government was an encouragement in this case. Protection for the continued spread for the gospel now got to open your eyes to see where the encouragement comes from and how God is working, don't you? You absolutely do. Listen, our responsibility is to is to grow the church, grow and spread and plant and, and be a part of it. It's not just, oh, we're saved, and, and, and we're part of God's kingdom. We are, absolutely are, and we have a task, a responsibility, and we have these things to encourage us. We do this together, and, and we could think strategically, plan, and, and how is it we could take it? Each of us individually could do that in our neighborhoods, but even as a church, how do we reach this community around us? How can we do it together with other churches even? We're not alone in that. We could think strategically uh, and we could, we could adapt and move and change uh, to, to, to doing it as best as we can along with God's leading and his help. And then, all, of course, that encouragement is always going to be there. God's going to direct and lead. And, and man, if, if we're following in what God wants us to do, the encouragement's going to be there as well. And we're going to be celebrating wherever we see the kingdom growing right? where we see God's kingdom growing. I praise God for that. Praising God for Jesus. Let's do that together as we close. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for Jesus. Lord, the message that we have to deliver is Jesus' death upon the cross, uh, his death in our place. Father, and and the fact that, that Jesus as our Savior rose from the dead to give us that same promise, that That life is going to be working within us, even today. Lord, as we come to celebrate, there's life working with us. That life that that you uh, uh, raised Jesus with and that, Lord, we too, because of our relationship with Christ, have that promise before us. We want the world around us to know. We have this task set before us and you've enabled us, you've strengthened us and and have guided us into being your church. Help us, Lord, to be that church that is so outward, that is reaching the community around us. We want people to come and know Jesus. Father, we, we love you. We celebrate you right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.